Okay, so um, to start off, you can just bring your attention into your contact with the chair. A sort of internal attention. Really feeling which parts of your bottom are in contact with the chair, or which parts of your, maybe your thighs. And see if you can feel a kind of bony contact in the bottom of your pelvis with the chair or stool that you're sitting on. And then likewise, if you bring your attention to the soles of your feet, notice the quality of contact there. And, and both in your pelvis and the feet, if it's a little different on the, the right and the left. Even if it's just a, um, a very slight difference in pressure, let's say, between the right and left sides of your pelvis, that's the kind of um, somatic information or sort of body sensation information that we're really interested in. Like if you notice something like that here, then you might notice it elsewhere in, in your life too if you're on a meditation cushion or next time you're sitting in another chair like, oh, is there a little difference in pressure on one side or the other? And, and what might that indicate about uh, some of the habits of, of muscle tone? Okay, and now I'd like everyone to um, come up to standing. Okay, and now come back down to sitting in your chair. And in a moment, come up to standing again, but do it about half as fast as you did it before. However fast you did it, go ahead and do it now. Uh, your estimation of half that fast. Okay, and then see if you can come back down to sitting also at that same half, half as fast speed. Okay, and and then I'll ask you to come up to standing again, and this time keeping your attention in the contact of your soles, the soles of your feet with the ground as you come up to standing at, at the half speed pace. I'll go ahead and do that, really noticing the soles of the feet. And then again, coming down, noticing the soles of the feet. Okay, and then one more time, I'll ask you to come up to standing. And this time, it's like if you were imagining viewing yourself from the outside, notice what the trajectory of your head is as you come up to standing. What if your head drew a line in space, what would that line look like? So go ahead and do that. Okay, and same thing, coming back down, noticing the position of your head in space.
Okay. Good. And now come to lie on your back on your uh, blanket or yoga mat. And if, if as you're lying you think you would be more comfortable having something behind your head, you can just use that pillow that you were sitting on a moment ago. Um, feel free to try that out if you'd like. So this movement of going from sitting to standing and back is, is the theme of this first lesson. Um, and what we just did, checking it out, we can consider like a reference and we'll come back to it a few times throughout the lesson. But now we'll spend some time exploring that movement in its, in its different parts. How do the different parts of the skeleton uh, contribute to the movement of going from sitting to standing? And how could it be maybe more congruent so that the parts really work together to form a, a, an easy, congruent movement? So uh, to begin, just notice now your contact with the floor in this very different position. Before it was maybe these four points, the two sides of the pelvis and the two soles of the feet that were in contact. And now a whole big side of yourself, the whole back of yourself is in contact. And again here, you might check in with some sidedness, like maybe again at the back of the pelvis is one side a little more firmly in contact or at the shoulder blades. Where do you feel a little lifted from the floor or more settled? If there's anywhere that feels uncomfortable, like a little spot of, of pain or tension, you can notice that. And then also notice another spot that feels comfortable and supported. And now just begin to roll your head a little bit left and right. Okay, and now if, if you're not doing the movement with this idea already, and it, it looks to me like some of you are, but now do that movement with a, just a sense of sort of deliciousness, like, oh, there's nothing to do but just be here and roll my head and breathe. So it's not, not seeking something, but just enjoying this rotation of the vertebrae and the neck and the free movement of the head and only moving it as far as it does feel free and easy. And, and part of that enjoyment of movement is often supported by really breathing smoothly, like having part of your attention on a smooth, even quality of breath as you do the head rolling. 
noticing how the point of contact at the back of your head changes slightly, maybe noticing that one ear gets a little closer to the floor while the other one moves further away. So this, this quality of movement is what I'll encourage you to keep coming back to throughout the lesson. Even if we're doing something a lot bigger or more complex, the challenge in Feldenkrais lessons is not ever to achieve the movement. It's to achieve as much of it as you can while maintaining this high quality of movement. So that's a sort of high quality of attention to movement and moving uh, gracefully or easily in the range that you can. Okay, and you can pause your head in the middle. And now um, bend your knees and stand your feet. And, you know, look for a spot for your feet where it feels easy to have your legs standing. And you can, you can take your feet a little bit wider, a little bit narrower, and, or a, a little closer to your butt and a little further away until you find a, a spot where it feels like, okay, my legs can stand pretty easily here. And then once you've found that place, begin to do a movement um, that I'll call pelvic rocking, which is arching the low back a little bit and then flattening the low back into the floor. And notice as you do that, that you're moving your whole pelvis. So if you sense your tailbone, for instance, as you arch your back, you'll notice the tailbone pointing toward the floor, almost like you would plant it into the floor. And then as you flatten your back or round your back into the floor, your tailbone will, will curve away from the floor a little bit. And the legs are involved in this movement. They need to be involved stabilizing through the feet. And you might even use your feet and the strength of your legs a little to help. But, but if you do that, don't let it distract you from this sort of central quality of the movement that you're moving from the center, moving from the pelvis and the low spine. Of course, uh, you're welcome to pause at any point if you need a moment to refresh your attention or if there's something that you're sensing that you'd like to pay attention to. And then come back to the pelvic rocking when you're ready.
as you do this pelvic rocking movement, also look for any movement higher up in your back, shoulders, and head, and neck that is passive movement. And, and so by passive movement, I mean how does the pelvis in its rocking connect through the spine to places higher up in the spine, like maybe the back of your neck or to the ribs. Maybe you can sense some movement in the shoulder blades. And maybe even up at the, that point of contact at the back of your head. And can you, again, come back to sensing your breath and looking for a, a smooth quality of breath as you do this movement. Okay, and then pause and rest with your legs either standing or long as is comfortable for you. So in the, in the Feldenkrais method, we're looking for habits of movement, which can be a somewhat um, ineffable thing to try to hone in on when we first think about it. Of course, if you just, if you just walk, watch people walk, for instance, you can see that people are moving differently. There's different quality, you have a different imp impression if you watch two people walk or ten people walk. But it might be hard to um, put into words what it is that's different. So when we do a, a movement like this, rocking the pelvis, it gives us a chance to study uh, the building blocks of our movement, like how do I tend to hold my spine? Or what range of, of movement is available in my spine in different areas? For some people, the arching of the back will feel very comfortable, but the flattening feels uncomfortable or even a little uh, precarious. And for other people, just exactly the opposite might be true. So we're looking to discover for ourselves well, what, are my, what are my habits in movement, especially really centrally, like around the hips, the pelvis, and the spine, and then how can those be explored and, and expanded on, not to get rid of the existing habits, but to add new possibilities. And as you sense your contact with the floor, you might just check in with whether anything has changed in, in the quality of that contact. 
And then as you are ready, take your time and find a way to come up to standing and then to sitting on your chair again. And now this time, um, come forward to the edge of your chair and move the cushion forward as well so that you're, you feel kind of planted at the front edge but still lifted by the cushion. Stefan, um, fold that pillow in half a little bit just to get yourself up a little higher still. Yeah, good. Okay, and, um, oh, and uh, Judith, maybe either, either bring the chair onto the, onto the uh, rug or bring your feet back onto the wood, but just so you're not at a different level there. Here, actually, um, let's just, yeah, let's come all the way on just so there isn't a height difference. Here we go. And this Yeah, yeah. Could just kick the yoga mat out of the way. Okay, and um, so sitting at the front of your chair like this, uh, make your way into that same pelvic rocking now in, in a vertical position of the spine. So arching and then rounding backward the low back. Could be very small. It's not needing to be a big movement. It'd be more important to, to look for a clear movement. And as you arch and then flatten around the low back, uh, notice if there's any movement or shift in weight at your sits bones. So that's the, the base of the pelvis, the part of the bony structure of the pelvis that will contact what you're sitting on. The sits bones have this rounded quality to them so you can be on the front edge, you can be kind of in the middle, or you can be at the back. There's one on the left side and one on the right side. And as you arch and flatten the back, what sort of, um, what sort of rocking or what sort of movement happens there in the contact of the sits bones? And we'll add in now, as you arch the back forward, you can look up a little bit. And as you round the back down, you can look down. Using the head and the eyes as well. And 
if, if you feel like you'd like to be higher, then feel free to fold the pillow or we can look for more things to sit on. Okay, good. And now just pause in sitting. Okay, and now um, we'll go through some, some common ways that we try to go from sitting to standing. So if you go ahead and roll a little bit back on your sits bones, so that's maybe taking the low back back a little bit, rolling a little bit back, and feel how your pelvis tilts backward. There's a little bit of a feeling of collapse. You might know, and you can come out of that and then go back into it again, rolling backward. <clears throat> if everybody feels the point at the very base of your breastbone or your sternum, you can just take your hand and put it there. And then notice how as you roll back, that it's like that point gets closer to um, your pubic bone or the area in between your legs. Feel how that goes backward, the chest and the sternum come down. Okay, and now just stay a little bit rolled back, back on the pelvis a little. And just without coming up to standing, just start to initiate the movement of coming up to standing from there and see what it feels like. From the sit bones? Initiate from the sit bones? Um, initiate from, you know, from the legs, how you would come up to standing, but with your pelvis ro rolled back. So I've asked you to roll your pelvis back a tiny bit. You can imagine if you were sitting all the way back in the chair, leaning on the back, or in a chair that was tilted back, it would be much more extreme. But just notice what that feels like. Okay, and then come out of that, come kind of onto the center of your sits bones, where it feels neutral and upright to you. And now, um, explore a movement where you start to take your head forward and at the same time rock the sits bones backward. So a little bit arching the low back as the head comes forward. And not just the head, but like your, your torso is coming forward. You might slide your palms forward on your thighs. But as the weight of the head and the torso come a little bit forward, the sits bones, um, the front of the sits bone slides a little bit backward. So if anything were to happen, it would be a slight arching of the low back. And then you slide back up out of that or bring your head back centrally over your spine.
And now increase this forward movement of the head and the torso so that you start to feel more of your weight come over your feet, but not coming up to standing yet. And you might find that you need to move the placement of your feet for it to be seem realistic that they could take your weight. So another way to describe it is it's like as the head and the chest slide forward, it's like kind of like you're sticking your butt out behind you a little bit, like your tailbone would curve back and up a little. Okay, and now using this, go ahead and um, continue the movement until you really feel your weight supported by your feet and you can come up to standing. And then see if you can go back down following the same trajectory more or less as you, how you came up. And there's a little mayhem with the pillows, so um, just do your best with that. Okay, and, and one more time. Uh, this time, instead of coming up all the way to standing, just keep coming forward with the hands, the head, and the torso almost like you would just tumble forward between your own legs and then come back out of that, but really noticing when is it that your weight is over your feet. And going for that, sensing that feeling of the front of the sits bone sliding backward, slight arch in the low back as your weight comes forward from the head and the chest. Okay, and you can take a, take a minute to explore this at your own pace, but as you do so, find your way up to standing, and then when you're ready, uh, lie down on your back on your your mat or blanket. And you can check in again with the quality of contact with the floor and a sense of any uh, r residue of the 
work you've been doing in movement. And if there's any sense that there's been some strain, then that would be a good uh, piece of information to maybe do a little less for the, the next part of the lesson or next time we come back to sitting. In fact, it would be totally fine to not come up to standing. There's a, a, a lot of very rich information just in checking out the preparation to stand. A, a principle of movement that we look at in Feldenkrais and in a lot of martial arts is whether or not we are prepared to stand or to jump or to move in any direction at, at any given moment. So, of course, it's, it's easy to visualize how we normally sit in our culture in most chairs. Of course, you're definitely not ready to stand or to stand and walk or to stand and jump because of that sort of backward collapse of the pelvis. All of this mass at the center of the body is sort of tipped back can be a very comfortable feeling, but it's not a um, it's not a position that invites readiness to move. So in this lesson, we're just exploring sitting in a way that actually uh, we could might call dynamic sitting, like we're we're actually ready to stand up, even if we're not, um, even if we don't need to stand up and. <clears throat> because I know many of you, or maybe all of you, are regular meditators. Um, for me, that's a very interesting principle to bring into my meditation practice. In the midst of a stillness practice, is there a feeling of readiness to move? Not, not working against the quality of stillness, but, but maybe preventing a sense of stagnation or collapse in the in the skeleton or or more in the energetic quality of sitting and feldenkrais himself the the creator of this method would often talk about from a kind of an evolutionary standpoint how the availability of movement can really can, can do a lot to create a feeling of safety and strength. And he, in, in his life, he was a, a Jewish guy from Eastern Europe and then lived through the Second World War and in Israel. And so he saw a lot of war and violence and attack and so I think it was very personally meaningful to him, literally and also at a metaphorical level, like the, the availability of movement and of, um, of strength and movement. OK, 
Okay, so uh, bend your knees and stand your feet again, and come back to this um, pelvic rocking that we were doing before. And as best you can, picture your spine uh, made up of all these separate vertebrae. There's over 20 vertebrae in the spine. See if you can start to picture and feel your spine as this movable linked chain of little bones. And notice how movement resonates up and down the chain. And a way to, um, to help that, if, if it's comfortable for you to do so, uh, interlace your hands behind your head, so you're sort of cupping the back of your head in a, in a basket of your hands, and then resume the pelvic rocking motion. And see what information you get there through your hands. What do you sense now in your armpit and the sides of your ribs and the front of your ribs and chest? If you notice in this movement or in any other movement we're doing a sort of uh, jumpiness in your muscles, like there's a, an even movement and then it kind of jumps to the next point, you can go back through that a little more smoothly, uh, excuse me, a little more slowly, kind of revisit that point and see if you can do it more smoothly. Okay, and you can bring your arms down whenever you're ready. But as you continue to do pelvic, the pelvic rocking, continue to pay attention to any movement that you sense in your head and neck. If you can uh, bring it all into your self-image and your self-sensation, Feel your two hip joints. A good way to do that is if you put your two thumbs in your belly button and let the rest of your fingers uh, move downward, your hip joint will be somewhere underneath your ring finger or your middle finger, so it's a little bit more inward than we usually tend to think. So there's this ball and socket joint on each hip. What's happening there in the pelvic rocking? 
and and then how does it show up in the back of the back and front of your neck it might be too complex to to hold that self image in mind all at once but you can sort of you know grok it like there's some there's some connection there you can sense it even before it might feel clear Okay, and then pause and rest with your legs long if you'd like, or you can have them still standing. And begin again to roll your head a little left and right, revisiting that movement. And see if you can uh, let, let your lower jaw feel soft and open. So you maybe open your mouth a little bit once or twice, feeling for a softness in the jaw and the tongue, and even in the whole facial expression as much as you can. Pause from your head rolling and take your time as much as you need to sort of do it in a, in a way where you stay with yourself, but uh, in, in your own time come up to standing again, to sitting on your chair once again. Stefan, let's let's do this. Actually, keep that one folded and okay. put it on top of this one. Anybody else want another pillow? Try being up a little higher. You want to try? Okay. Okay, and once again, it looks like you're all doing this, but be at the front of your chair and relocate your sits bones and do a little bit of that forward and backward rocking on the sits bones. If you look at my fingers, the sits bones are shaped kind of like this at the base of your pelvis. So if, um, if this is the surface, you can rock forward on it or backward. 
And then once again, as you rock forward, um, begin to slide your palms forward toward your knees, bringing the head and chest forward. But then simultaneously kind of showing your butt backward, taking your tailbone backward, slight, slight arch in the low back. And a qual the quality we're looking for is that your center of gravity actually does not come falling forward, that your center of gravity glides up over your feet. As you continue this movement, begin to just uh, roll your, do the head rolling left and right looking for a soft quality in the back of the neck and the jaw. And adding in that second movement can be a little confusing to the nervous system, so you just play around with it gently. And in your own time, explore bringing the weight of your torso and your head further forward, feeling it come over your feet, and, and finding that, that juicy little moment where you, your system, your body knows that you're, you're ready to stand, you're prepared to take your weight onto your feet. And you might be surprised how far forward you have to bring your head before that feels like you can just let it happen rather than using a bunch of muscular effort in the, in the thighs to make it happen. The thighs in the back. And I'll take a few minutes to play around with this. Could you come one or two inches off of your chair and then sit right back down? Could you just reach that moment of preparedness and then reverse it? And as you are curious and feel able to do it in an easy way, you could come uh, halfway up to standing and then back down. And one thing you might try is having your feet a little bit wider. Some of you might be worth checking that out. And another little checkpoint is, can you do it without your toes lifting? And the reason, one reason to keep the head going a little bit back and forth, which you might do it one time and not the next, but a reason to do it is to look out for any habitual contraction at the back of the neck, this sort of um, using the head to try to lift you up. In fact, could you come all the way up to standing, continuing to look more down toward the floor?
and then next time you try it, can you bring your weight forward, keep the back of your neck long, but just use your eyes to look up as you lift up a little bit. Okay, and then next time you're back down and sitting, just find that spot that feels uh, like your spine is upright and you're sitting kind of right over the middle of your sits bones. And now just start to look a little bit over your right shoulder and then your left shoulder. As you look over your left shoulder, let your right hand slide forward toward your right knee. And as you look over your right shoulder, let your left hand slide forward toward your left knee. So you're looking, but there's also a twisting happening lower in the spine and in the rib cage. And see if you can feel the availability of your hip joints in this movement as well. That maybe as one knee comes slightly forward, you can feel that here in the hip joints. And now see if you can bring your attention into your sits bones and feel that as you turn and look, you're, you're turning from the sits bones and maybe even a little bit from the feet. Okay, and then pause, and you can take a moment. Um, when you're ready, we'll come up to standing, and then we can, we can have our... I thought it was a cookie break, but this looks like a pie, so we'll have whatever the break will be.